Hi, I'm Maddie Flint, host of The Essentials from the BMG Network. Welcome back if you've been here before, and welcome if you are new to the podcast. Today, I'm going to tell you guys about the dark side of Disney. What some swear is the most magical place on Earth is severely lacking in diversity and representation of black animated characters. Tiana is the only American black princess we have. You know, one thing I've noticed with contemporary Disney is that they are really quick to jump into progressive trends and left-wing social ideas. They are not shy to include different topics in their movies. Think back to Disney's beginnings. There are a lot of sad family deaths, but the endings were always happy to bring people something to look forward to during times of national unrest. But now they are becoming more inclusive by encouraging things like gender fluidity and sexual orientation differences. Not quite in the racial ethnic diversity category, but more in the terms of gender and sexuality. For example, in Disney Pixar's Inside Out, Riley, the main character, the female main character, does have two male emotions that are controlling her mind, but then when it shows the emotions, um, joy, sadness, fear, anger, and disgust in her mother, they're all women, and in her father, they're all men, but she does have a combination of both. And then in the new Buzz Lightyear, Alicia Hawthorne is Buzz's commander and fellow space ranger. And the character was actually queer, but there was a lot of outrage over this, and it led to some scenes being clipped out of the movie, and the movie was banned altogether from Malaysia and some other countries who didn't want children to see that. So they're trying to be more inclusive when it comes to adult topics like sexuality in movies, but they claim to be super inclusive racially too, and they do have a pretty wide range of cultures represented in their movies, but they are still not playing up to the levels of inclusivity that they are always pushing for when it comes to black Americans or African American characters or characters from the West Indies. We don't have any Jamaican princesses or princes. So I'm here to really highlight and dive into this whole topic of Disney being really lacking in inclusivity when it comes to representing characters of color. So what are the ways that Disney has recently tried to be more inclusive? One, by canceling the classics. For example, Fantasia, a 1940s American animated musical anthology film is now censored on Disney Plus for cultural appropriation and offensive stereotyping. There's some bloggers online who are describing characters from the movie as racist caricatures or embodiments of gendered expectations for men and women. And there's nothing malicious about the characters at all in reality. What people now don't like is that this movie represents American traditional culture, but they claim these things to be outdated for our society, but this is from 1940 not 2022. And number two, by recreating originally white characters as other ethnicities. Yes, I'm going to mention The New Little Mermaid with Halle Bailey. There's nothing wrong with the movie. If you like it, that's great. She shouldn't be getting hated on as an actress because she did really, really well. Why this kind of move by Disney seems wrong though is because of the lack of originality that they're giving these black characters. And this topic is not restricted to Disney either, but when original classic movies get redone, a modern makeover with an all-black cast or main characters, 
it feels like they're just knockoffs. And people of color deserve their own original characters. Movies where the historical cultural context is accurate and it doesn't have to be an unrealistic fantasy character. Over the years, we have gotten an array of different cultures and ethnicities showing up in the animations. Like Merida and her family from ancient Scotland, and props to Pixar for their hand in that one because it was so well done. I loved that movie when I was nine, and I would not pass up watching it to this day. And then Pocahontas, whose character is beautiful, but the character design is not historically accurate at all. Because at the time that these things were happening in the real life of Pocahontas, she was a child, she was like 10 years old, and they made her a grown woman with a love interest. But at least they made a movie about her. So at least there's that and there's some recognition because Native Americans are severely underrepresented to this day. And instead of making it better, a lot of left-wing institutions are making it a whole lot worse. But that's a topic for another time. Then we got Anna and Elsa, the Norwegian sisters, royal sisters, because Anna was a princess, and Elsa, who became queen. And the designers of this movie actually took a trip out there to Norway and did a lot of cultural research. And that made the movie really rich in its display of Norwegian culture. We also have Moana, a princess character from the Polynesian Islands who I think is arguably the best they've done with making a brown princess. Although Mirabelle and her sisters from Encanto were also great characters, their design was beautiful, and they were from Colombia. And then there is Princess Jasmine from the movie Aladdin, which was set in Iraq and Baghdad to be specific. And the characters display some Middle Eastern culture. A lot of the time, they're wrongly associated with being Indian, but they're not actually Indian. They're from Iraq. And Jasmine's character design, once again, is not accurate because during that time period in Iraq, women would not have been wearing a two-piece with a whole like midsection exposed. They would be in something very, very modest. But at least we have her character. And then there's Rhea and the Last Dragon, which I haven't watched yet, so I can't really talk that much about the movie because I don't want to get things wrong in it. I just know that it is based in Southeast Asia, and her character was very well designed. And we have Mulan, set in an unidentified era of Imperial China, somewhere from 221 BC to 1912 AD, among others. Who is missing? Characters of ethnically black descent. We don't have Irish princesses either, which is sad because that would be great to see. But what about Tiana? And I did say that I would talk more about this. This is what I mean. The Princess and the Frog, New Orleans, 1920. What were the lives of blacks like in 1920s America? Extremely difficult. They still didn't have many rights. In some states, it was really bad, like the historically democratic states in the South, where plantations owned slaves. By then, it was still really, really terrible there for black people. Lots of racial segregation and discrimination. So the movie highlights black culture through use of voodoo and jazz. What a generalization. The one movie with black characters we get is just filled with voodoo. American black communities are so diverse with heritage coming from many, many nations. Not all black people love jazz. Jazz is cool though, I like jazz. And I do understand that during the 1920s, jazz was a huge scene, so that part is historically accurate on the movie's behalf, but what I'm saying is, that's just not 
good enough for blacks as if it will fill their needs and wants forever because a generalization with voodoo isn't wonderful and even worse yet this is what really upsets me about the movie princess tiana is a frog for close to the entire length of the movie did we not mind that her beautiful black complexion and character design was switched to a green frog and the message is that strength is on the inside well yes of course but come on disney would we see Belle turned into a chipmunk to prove her strong character probably not and there is a reoccurring pattern with this switching black characters into other forms too like soul for example a recent movie from 2020 Joe is a middle school band teacher whose life hasn't quite gone the way he expected. His true passion is jazz, and he's good. But when he travels to another realm to help someone, because this somebody was voiced by a female but was gender fluid, find their passion, he soon discovers what it means to have soul. So Joe is the main character. He's a black American man. Once again, his passion is jazz. His character as a black man was perfect until they made him fall down a pothole, get his soul knocked out of him literally, and be shown as a little blue squid-looking creature for, once again, the near entirety of the movie. Hello, Disney? In the soul realm, the souls have no color, gender, or age. So Disney is again showing their inclusivity to gender fluidity and illustrating a message that it's not about seeing color, which didn't the left mark that as a super racist viewpoint? Disney needs to leave the black characters be. Let their characters stay who they are, as all the other characters do. Disembodying black characters, giving them connections to animals? Stop, Disney, immediately no. There are some instances of black Disney characters where they weren't disembodied, but they're like foil characters or static characters where we don't get to see major dynamic development, their sidekick background. And in plays, movies, and novels, those types of characters exist to bring out the evolution of the main character. Nevertheless, I think these few characters had awesome personalities, and I'm once again disappointed in Disney because they never gave them more character development or lead roles. And I do have a list right here. So first up, we have Frozone from The Incredibles. Super ladies, they're always trying to tell you their secret identity. Think it'll strengthen the relationship or something like that. I said, girl, I don't want to know about your mild-mannered alter ego or anything like that. I mean, you tell me you are a super mega ultra lightning babe? That's all right with me. I'm good. I'm good. Real name, Lucius Best. He is a longtime friend of Mr. Incredible and the rest of Mr. Incredible's family. The Parr family. So... They're super close with him. They love him. He comes over all the time. He's referred to as Uncle Lucius by the son, Dash Parr, Mr. Incredible's son. And Frozone is like a background character. He's a sidekick. He goes along with Mr. Incredible on these secret outings out of loyalty, but we don't really get to know much about Frozone's life. We do know, however, that he has the superpowers to generate ice, but he is limited by the amount of water in the air and in his body. He was the best man at Mr. Incredible's wedding, and he made some appearances throughout the movie, as well as at the very end when he helped the Incredible family come and save the day, defeating Syndrome's robot. But we don't get much of a life story or any other background on Frozone himself. We do know that he has a wife and that her name is Honey, but we never even see her because she never makes an appearance in the movie. You just hear her voice. 
but I think it really would have been great to have a lot more focus on Frozone and his wife. I wish maybe they could even get a movie, but we don't know if that will happen because Frozone's character was the coolest. Next up we have Wasabi from Big Hero 6. Hello, hero. Prepare to be amazed. Catch. Wow. Laser-induced plasma? Oh, yeah. With a little magnetic confinement for uh, ultra-precision. Wow. How do you find anything in this mess? Uh, I have a system. There's a place for everything, everything in its place. Need this. You can't do that! Wasabi is a major character in Disney's 2014 animated film, Big Hero 6. And it says he's major character, but he's technically a side character because Hiro Hamada and Baymax are the main characters. He is an applied physics student at the San Francisco Institute of Technology and a member of the Big Hero 6 team. Despite his large physique and skills with plasma blades, in real life, Wasabi is a risk-adverse neat freak who is fully aware of his nerd status. And I love his character. I think they did an amazing job with him. He's committed to precision, he's super smart, and he has really cool hair. He has dreads, which are not commonly seen in Disney animated characters, and I think they really did a good job with him overall. We also have a really cool character from Disney Pixar's 2020 animated movie, Soul. She is the leader of her band, the Dorothea Williams Quartet. Now, Dorothea Williams is a supporting character in this movie, and she is played by Angela Bassett. She's a skilled musician, and we see her do a really cool performance on the saxophone. And eventually she helps Joe, the lead character, who was the one that I was talking about earlier, who got turned into a squid-looking soul. She helps him to pursue his dream, which is to play with her once before his passing, and gives him a chance to perform with her at the Half Note Club. In the beginning, she was skeptical of him, and she initially believes that Joe does not have what it takes to perform because of his current profession as a middle school teacher, but she's proven wrong several times. And at the end, she accepts Joe as a passionate pianist, and they put on a really amazing performance. Next we have a character from Disney's Frozen 2, General Matias, previously dubbed Lieutenant Matias, is a supporting character in the 2019 animated film. He was the King's Lieutenant and Prince Agnar's official guard. Matias's sworn duty is to protect Arendelle at all costs, which was an oath that would lead to his imprisonment of 34 years in the Enchanted Forest. And we don't get too much background on him, he was raised by his father who he remembers fondly as a great man who taught him never to take the good for granted in life. Halima's still over at Hudson's Hearth? She is. Really? She married? Mm-mm. Oh, wow. Why doesn't that make me feel better? What else do you miss? My father. He passed long before all this. 
He was a great man. Built us a good life in Arendelle, but taught me to never take the good for granted. He'd say, be prepared. Just when you think you found your way, life will throw you onto a new path. What do you do when it does? Don't give up. Take it one step at a time, and... Just do the next right thing? Yeah. You got it. <laughs> Matthias was present in a few scenes all throughout the movie. But again, he was background, and I wish we had gotten to know him a whole lot more than we did. We also have Felix Madrigal. He's a supporting character in Disney's 2021 animated feature film Encanto. He is the husband of Peppa Madrigal and the father of Camillo, Antonio, and Dolores. As he married into the family, this magical family, Felix lacks a magical gift of his own. Despite this, his carefree and fun-loving nature helps to manage his wife's weather-controlling emotions. Camilo, stop pretending you're Dolores or you can have seconds. Felix! Hey, she needs to know, baby. She needs to know. Don't talk about Bruno. He would see something terrible and then crack. It will happen. We don't talk about Bruno. What if you didn't understand what he saw? Then you better figure it out because it was coming for you. It's said that he provides a grounding force for his deeply passionate wife. He's easygoing and often the life of the party. And there are some other Disney characters of color who we barely see for like any time at all in the movie. Like in Soul, there's a whole bunch of other characters who we don't even hear their voices, but you just see them. There were some that spoke and had a little bit more time on scene, like the barbers who were doing Joe's hair in the beginning, the principal, and then again in Encanto, they are Afro-Latino, so they're not 100% of African descent or even Black American, but that's okay because their characters were beautifully designed. And I do want to make note of the youngest child in the Madrigal family, Antonio, and his gift is communicating with exotic animals. So Disney, there's another instance where where the black characters have like connections with animals. At least this little kid didn't get turned into an animal, but yet again, there is that pattern. And then there are characters from The Princess and the Frog, of course, who we barely get to know. Tiana's own parents. I wish we had seen so much more of them because they were great characters and they encouraged and motivated her to start her own business one day, which at the end of the movie she does do. But in the end, Disney really should work harder to create more movies that are originally... But in the end, Disney really should work a lot harder to create movies that are original, that originally include characters of black descent, so that way they're not just recreating an old movie that's already well known for having a white cast and white lead characters and then just changing the character's appearance and making them black to the point where being black doesn't really fit the character's historical cultural context and description. So if Disney wants to clamor about being super inclusive and including diverse ethnicities in their characters, then create some original movies, Disney. We're all watching you. And that concludes the content of this episode of The Essentials. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know that I enjoyed re-watching some scenes of these old movies and the new movies as well. But thank you for listening. It's greatly appreciated as always. And I will catch you guys back next week in the same place right here on the BMG Network. <laughs>